Ladies and gentlemen, now the moment you've all been waiting for, it's a world famous Jackrabbit Slim's Twist Contest. Now this is where one lucky couple will win this handsome trophy that Marilyn here is holding. Now who will be our first contestants? Right here. Want to dance? No, 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 no. I do believe Marcellus, my husband, your boss, told you to take me out and do whatever I wanted. And now I want to dance. I want to win. I want that trophy. So dance good. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. How bad can it get for a PGA Tour golfer? Just ask everyone who played Sunday at Bay Hill. That tournament, the API brought some brutality for these golfers, some difficulty for these players on the PGA Tour. And personally, I loved seeing the pros go through what I often go through on just 18 holes. Nothing like Bay Hill to bring these pros to their knees. But the main thing is, you bunch of fuckers, despite the provocation from the cavalry, no fighting. Oi! No fighting. No fucking fighting. No fighting. No fucking fighting! Good. Get the fucking... The point being, golf is hard. But guess what? PGA DFS is even more difficult. But I love golf. I love it. This is the Players' Championship, and the cut line is going to bring you some of the best analysis out there. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, Australia. Hello, UK. What's up, Lee? Hello, Germany, Netherlands. What's up, South Africa, Lithuania, Spain, Singapore, uh, Sweden, Sweden. We have South America. Some listeners down there. Hello, California, Indiana. You're on our good graces again. Minnesota and Ryan Kaiser. You can stay up north, don't you know? Okay. We love Alaska, New York, Illinois, Chicago, my hometown, Florida. We are everywhere. Down in Texas, down in North Carolina, South Carolina, over in Kentucky. We're even in the little city of Las Vegas, which I don't understand because guess what? You're not playing DFS out there, but so what? If Vegas wants to listen to me, you can do it. We really, really appreciate the listeners, but no one is more endearing to my heart than my man Maynard, who continues to play shit-ass plays even against the promises of this show and potentially any other touts out there. But you know what, Maynard? You'll get it right sooner or later. I promise. I promise, and guess what? With your support, the cut line is going to continue to grow worldwide. We love all that you guys do listening to the show. Really appreciate it. Big news right around the corner. I promise, I swear to you, I've even had some people on looking at previews of this big news. It's coming. I mean it. It's coming. 
I'm Michael Cablunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S. We're going streaky! Yes! No, I'm sorry. Sorry, we're going, we're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! Come on, Snoop! Snoop a loop! Snoop! No, it's cool. It's cool. I'm cool. Bring, bring your green hat. Let's go. And the players' championship is here. There are so many opinions. There are so many options. But I'm going to put the argument to rest. A fifth major, the players is not. Just because you are the highest purse does not make you the fifth major. I get it. Long-standing history, the difficulty, the majesty of the par 317, whatever the case may be. No, you're not a fifth major. You're just a nice, expensive payout for a tournament. Boo! You suck! But we're going to jump straight into this week's Good, Bad, and Ugly. And the good is endless. We're talking about, first of all, nailing DeChambeau, saying that low ownership, must play, have to play, lock him in. I did it in almost every lineup. Nailed Corey Connors. Plus, I nailed the bet on the top five. God damn, I wanted Corey Connors to win. I really wanted to win. I got, you know, backdoored by Chris Kirk, and he started so hot on Sunday, fell apart. I could have got another top five with Kirk, but you know what? You can't always win them. Um, but we nailed Corey Connors. We, we we were one of the few, if not the only one, saying Jordan Spieth was an amazing play last weekend because he was going to put the driver away, and he did on most holes. I even think he held something back on those par fives because he knew it was coming. Jordan Spieth played great. Nailed the fade of Molinari. Double-digit owned chalk bomb. Blew up. Boom. And the list goes on and on. Um, the bad. Usti with the withdraw. I'm going to say that. Usti with the withdrawal was a bad. Didn't love that. Killed and hurt some lineups. Probably some big cashing lineups because of that withdrawal. Like, you got a straight-up zero on that. So, even five or six just didn't help. Um, and the ugly. The ugly is kind of like a lesson for you guys as you listen to this show. When I say can't do it, I mean it. Like, they're not going to be on my lineups unless I say otherwise. They are a fade. And this is double-digit chalk that I'm going to fade. Now, here's the thing. Last week... I said Naismith was gold, right? I set him in the MG. But here's the thing. If you were on Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com, you saw he was projected from 15 to 17% ownership. A 6K guy enters that range. Fade. Fade, 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 fade. That's what you have to do. You have to fade 6K double-digit ownership. All right. So the cut line is here to bring you in-depth analysis of the Players' Championship. I'm going to do the best I can. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. To make sure you're cashing big on Sunday. In addition, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, green sides, untraps, and a pup that might drop in through the back door. And the cut line's going to do what it does best to make sure that you guys have plenty of wieners. Wieners. Big ones. On Sunday, getting six of six players through... The cut line. Self-promotion right there. But if you need leverage, I know I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. Even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. So if you're not subscribed, there's a very easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com. In the discount option, write the word cut line, and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. 
Of course, you need to check out PGA Tour and Fantasy National. With those two lineup building tools, I'm kicking ass and taking names and ending up on the right end of the flag stick. So make sure that you are subscribing to Fanshare Sports, Fantasy National, and checking out PGATour.com. That's how you build your best lineups. This week, the Players' Championship. Obviously one of the most favorite for even the most dedicated of golf fans to the most casual of golf fans. This Pete Dye challenge brings out some of the best golf in the world and hopefully some relief for those golfers who struggled last weekend. This field includes past winners like Rory McIlroy, Webb Simpson, Siwoo Kim, Jason Day, and Mr. Puma himself, Ricky Flower. Huh? But TPC Sawgrass has claimed plenty of victims in just a single round. Just see Sungjae from two years ago. He looked a little bit better before that year uh, uh, suspended after the first round. Anyways, this course is filled with 88 bunkers, 17 water hazards, which could prove troublesome if players are spraying off the tee, missing on approach, whatever the case may be. It is a solid tee to green course, and that's what we're looking for. Last year, or two years ago, Sawgrass ranked 24th hardest on tour, but it didn't prevent elite golfers from struggling. We've even seen guys like John Rahm miss the cut here. But this par 72 challenge is is a struggle sometimes for some of the world's best. Bombers will be limited thanks to double dog legs, water, sand, hazard, a deep rough. Short hitters will be challenged by long par fives, and, and should I go for the green long, like short par fours? The Pete Dye design, every golfer will be shaping their approaches in from different distances, but similar landing points. So it's going to be interesting to see how this weekend plays out. Key stats, off the tee, ball striking, fairways gain, birdie or better gain, fairway accuracy, tee to green game, three putt avoidance. Look, we're looking at it all. We want to dump it all in there and see who the best golfers are. Speaking of those guys, who are we going to be playing this weekend? Two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this takes us to the cut lines birdie or better segment where we look at the top tier 11K range all the way down to the 7K range and who we must play, have to play, guys who are going to crush this course and crush this weekend so we are starting here at the top with dustin johnson john rom rory mcelroy xander shoffley like the top four brooks kepka's dropped out so he's gone he's he's gone he's vamos all right now looking at ownership right away some interesting trends dj the highest at about 17 to 20 percent followed by rory who's got an impeccable course history but then we're gonna look at xander and john rom at just a shade under 14%. We talked about this last week. If you want to run up to this top range and get some of these guys, look at the leverage you get in ownership. Now, remember, this tournament is stacked. I think like 49 of the best official world golf ranking golfers are here. So it's a loaded field. But looking first at DJ. DJ ranks in projections, model number one. The course style ranks number three. The actual course projections, number eight. Um... But in terms of like my overall stat rank, he only sits number 17. And I am kind of worried about his recent form, right? Is he focusing more on Augusta coming up here at the end of the at the end of the month? It's kind of curious. You know, at the WGC Waste Management, the game was off. He finished 54th. 
played the Genesis, played overseas before that. Haven't seen much of him, but he does have impeccable course history here. Fifth in 20, uh, 2019, 17th, 12th, 28th, and, and uh, then 69th. So no, so no miscut in the last five years that the tournament was finished here. So it's interesting to say. John Rahm, on the other hand, is a very distinct, different course history with a 72nd a 63rd and a 12th so only one year of success for johnny rom one could argue his youth one could argue his inexperience but i do like rom on pete's eye courses if that ownership keeps going down i'm most definitely going to look to exploit that and i'm going to look to exploit that in my lineup builds because if you do look at rom in the last 36 rounds he's fourth off the tee second in ball striking second in tee to green i like the upside in rom here I like the fact that you're getting him at a, a, a reduced price from the top guy of DJ. He's he's under 11K, right? So there is some advantage to playing John Rahm. So far this week, because of how loaded this field is, I think a lot of people are going balance build. So even going up to this range puts you contrarian right away because people are just not attacking this top tier because they don't think they can build the optimal lineup. Of course, then there's Rory and Xander. Um, between the two of them, I don't like Xander. Um, if I had to rank them, I most definitely would rank them Rom, Rory, DJ, Xander. Um, but again, it, it's tip for tat here. Rory's recent form, 10th, 6th, missed the cut at the Genesis, but then 13th, the Waste Management Open. We do know he won here, you know, a couple years ago. We saw that. We, we saw them win on Sunday. So, But then Xander, of course, finished second place two years ago. So it, it's interesting to think about, like, how this tournament could unfold with this top tier with all these guys having what I think is pretty fair in terms of win equity. They all have a shot. They all have the game that can play this course very well. And of course we've seen missed cuts. Rory missed the cut, you know, three years ago, Xander missed the cut two years ago when the tournament was finally played. Remember last year it was not played. It was cut short. So this is just like, where do you go? Where do you start? And like I said, I'm going to start my lineups with Rom, especially with ownership, looking at the way it's that, that, that it's falling. Um, I think he's a solid play. You look him in the overall stat model. Rom ranks 27th. Now, not the best of the four of them, but still most definitely up there. But what I do love about him is his approach play. And, you know, he's solid off the tee. He's just a solid golfer. And I think of the four of these right now, he's in the best form in terms of his all-around game. Going down to the 9K range, this is where you get some interesting, interesting concepts and ideas. Now, I normally will start with JT, but we know how good of a of golfer JT is. If you want to fade him because you're worried about the narrative about, you know, losing the sponsorship, losing his, his grandfather, all these stresses that are going on in his life, I'm not going to hate you for it. I get the fade, but still, like, who JT is, the type of golfer he is, the fact that he's solid on approach, solid around the green, decent enough here off the tee, and you look at a course history with an average finishing position of 30th. Obviously not enough to do at 9,900, but he did finish 15th at the WGC Mexico. He can't put together four rounds recently. I think that's what the biggest issue is, but he fits this course so well. Fifth in my projection model, sixth in the course style model. Um, In the confidence model, he ranks number five. So that's something to say. But the thing is, we have noticed that, that his game is not like crisp. And it is, in my opinion, a cause for concern. So am I going to load up on Justin Thomas? Probably not. Probably not going to load up on him. If anything, I'm going to be underweight on the field. But I see the advantages and perks that you get from playing JT. The thing is also, if JT is is just getting this much love in the industry, 
Is it worth playing JT Chalk? I don't know where he's going to end up. If he's above 17%, closer there, yeah, he's most definitely off the list. He's out of the player pool. But if he's under 14%, under 13%, and that's kind of up in the air right now, JT's most definitely in play. So these next three guys, of course, first is Webb Simpson at 9,500. He's got the pedigree here. We know how great of a golfer he is. He won in 20, uh, 2018. He has an average finishing position in the 25th place. And if you take away the 66th place that he had in 2016, you know, you're 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 looking at average finishes finishing position of 11th. Finished sixth at the WGC Mexico. We saw a solid game there. Seen him play so well here. Fourth in my projection model, second in my course model, fourth in Pete Dyke style courses. Just shines in Lee Aldrich's uh, course suitability metric. And he's not even the chalk in the 9K range, which I find insane. So uh, for me, absolutely in play is Webb Simpson. The next two guys, Morikawa and Victor Hovland. Now with these two, it's kind of interesting because they were playing here in that first round and play got suspended and they looked okay. And I guarantee you these guys have played, you know, Pete Dye courses before the, the form that Morikawa is in winning the WGC Mexico, Victor Hovland finishing second, fifth fell apart last Sunday. And that could be a sign of things to come. So it makes me a little leery of actually committing full, like, you know, just like full blown Victor Hovland because eventually these golfers do return to earth. So that's my concern here with Hovland and Morikawa is that we're not seeing a lot of experience here at the players. But when you look at the stat models, like Morikawa ranks top 30 in approach uh, in, in terms of the aggregate approach model ranks top 25 ranks top 30 off the tee top 15 in scoring in the overall stat model ranks top 10 in the confidence model ranks top four. So like the list is on and on for, for, for Morikawa, Victor Hovland, kind of the same bag, right? So in my aggregate model, which looks at the weights of all the models, he ranks top 10, he ranks sixth actually. And that's, you know, matched in the confidence model with the sixth place. In fact, his highest ranking and it's, it's minimally accounted for would be his putting on Bermuda, but it's such a fickle stat just to say, okay, I'm going to fade a guy because he's, he's a terrible Bermuda putter. He can get hot. He can get hot. So last guy I'm going to mention this nine K range that I really love is Patrick Reed. Um, again, reduced ownership because he's Patrick Reed and people just don't want to play him. Okay. We know that that Reed's decent enough off the tee to, to win this style tournament. We know that he's decent enough on approach. We know he's solid around the green. If he's is missing on approach and he's an excellent short game putter. Um, the one caveat I say like, Hey, I want to fade Patrick Reed is the fact that the course history here is not incredibly promising, you know, 47th, 41st, 22nd miscut 24th. So at 9,000, you do still need that top 10 finish, but Patrick Reed's got it in him. All right. Patrick Reed does have it in him. The 8K range, again, limited choices. I am not going back to Spieth, not going back to Hatton, not going to Casey, not going to M, not going to Matthew Fitzpatrick. I am sticking with Scotty Scheffler, Daniel Berger, Matsuyama, and Adam Scott. Now, I know everyone's going to talk about Matsuyama and talk about him from last year, but the fact is he has been bad recently. But he looked really freaking good on Sunday. And that's what I was really excited about, especially going into this tournament when you opened round one with a minus nine and people aren't really right now in the industry thinking like he could do it again. And I get it. 
I do. I, I, I get it. Like, why would you want to go back to Hideki Matsuyama? But the fact is, he gained 1.32 strokes on, uh, you know, on approach in round four. That that that's good enough to fit him in that top 20 of approach models. Looked solid in strokes gained total and strokes gained T to green. So I think Hideki, uh, like Deki Matsuyama, is a is, it's a good chance to go back to him here especially of what we saw last tournament um, with Decky, It's always volatile, right? He, he's always going to be ups and downs, strikes and gutters, especially with the putter. But the thing that I like most in the last 36 rounds ranks 21st in strokes gained T to green. And that's such an important factor here. When you consider, consider that every facet of your game is tested and challenged at some point over these next four rounds. So Decky is most definitely in play for me, Daniel Berger and Scotty Scheffler. Um, first of all, Scheffler, no course history here. So that is a little bit concerning. Do you want to go that route? But the fact is fifth at the WGC Mexico, 20th before that, at the Genesis top 10 at the waste management. Um, we already know about Berger winning at the AT&T pro-am 35th at the WGC Mexico. Now his course history here. Isn't that great? Uh, average finishing position of 50th place. His best finish, though, was a few years ago in a ninth place finish, and he didn't miss the cut his first time playing here. So I think Berger is a better golfer here. Between the two of them, Scheffler fits this course better just with his approach game and his scoring ability and his off the tee. I think he's more of a complete player. And there is kind of like a, a price reduction on, like, very small, very minimal, mind you on both these players, but still very valid. Um, Scheffler in terms of like what we saw last year, if I recall correctly, and I should have looked this up, I think he was falling apart in that first round, but I'm okay with it. Okay. We're going to go back to Scotty Scheffler. We know the risk we take with Scotty. S. we don't play him in cash. We only play him in GPPs. Um, Last guy I'm going to mention this 8k range is Adam Scott. Um, I love him as like a sneaky high upside play. I got him right now projected at double digit ownership. And when you look at his course history, 12th, 11th, 6th, 12th, 38th. So obviously you want to keep in tune on what putter Adam Scott is, is using, but he knows this course so well. The big concern I have is that we haven't seen good Adam Scott yet this year, which again is going to reduce ownership at like 54th at the WC Mexico, right? No cut event. And then 38th at the Genesis. So it is a little bit concerning. He's not playing that much, but when you look at the projection model, top 25 in this weekend's projections, top five, of course, in the course projection on Pete Dye courses, similar style courses, 23rd in the field. Lee Aldrich's suitability metric, man, fourth overall in there. So he's hiding in there. Not shining huge in the overall stat model, but does rank top 30 in the confidence and top 40 in the aggregate model. So Adam Scott, most definitely a flyer that I'm going to take shots on. I don't know how much, but um, whatever the case may be, I think he's a solid kind of just put everyone else on tilt because they're going to be like, well, why didn't I play Adam Scott? Well, probably because you didn't listen to the cut line, first of all. All right, so 7K range, obviously where your you know your bread and butter is made. Who are you going to play? And for me, it's Fleetwood. Going to start right here at the top. He is going to win on tour sometime. He just is. And, and, and you look at the fifth place the last time they ran this tournament, seventh before that, 41st before that, top 10 did last week. A lot of people on Twitter were calling him Tommy Finau. Um you know, kind of roasting him and everything like that. But the fact is he's playing great golf right now. 
in his back stateside. So I am going to run with 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 Tommy Fleetwood. Luio Usti burned so many people last weekend. It makes no sense not to go back to him. It it just doesn't. Um, he's such a great golfer. He never plays three tournaments in a row. Shame on us for not thinking that that he wouldn't withdraw. But needless to say, I'm going to go back to Usti. I am going to be mindful. He did say, you know, he had to withdraw because of a back injury. So that is concerning. But we are going to look and see how Usti can play this weekend. He he always rises to the top in these occasions. Um, again, it's just observation. But, but like, he loves playing in these big tournament events. And, of course, recent form isn't that bad. Sixth place at the WGC Mexico, 11th at the Waste Management. You look at his course history here, it's varied with you know his best finish being a second place so we're gonna see a lot of like tilted people on luio because he ruined a lot of a lot of a lot of lineups but i'm gonna go back to him joaquin neiman is gonna be chalk um i'm beginning to realize that right now like he's not gonna hide and i was really hoping he would um he's in great form obviously fits this course so well solid in scoring solid in approach solid off the tee you know, decent enough with the putter to be successful. And, and you're looking at recent form of 28th, 43. So you're kind of hoping he sneaks in there. No course history, but if enough people listen to enough shows, I don't think Neiman gets to the ownership where I think you get some leverage to the field. And I actually think that like, if it does, I'm, I'm all in on him. But if he starts getting in like chalk range, 18, 19, 20%, Neiman's the type of guy that, you know, can burn other people. So if you want to pivot and deviate from that, go same price, go down to Billy Horschel. Horschel's been in great form and he's coming in sub 5% ownership right now. And we've seen success from Billy Horschel. And the fact that he's $7,700 and has his best finish here being a 13th place. I'll take that upside. He did miss the cut at the API. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, that is coming off a second place tie at the WGC Mexico. So who knows about the 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 fatigue factor that's going on with Billy Horschel. We have seen some great play as of late. Um, I would be cautious with him, but I do like him as a play at this range. Willie Zalatoris, man, I was like a doubter at the beginning, but this guy is a stud and I'm going to keep playing him until he misses a cut. I really just don't care. Like, look at his recent form, 10th, 22nd, 15th, a little hiccup at the AT&T with a 55th and a 17th. He has never played here before, so I am concerned about that because this course can just dominate you at times, especially if you don't know where to land, don't know where to hit, don't know where to hit your tee shots, the the proper approach play. So that is very concerning. I'm not going to be overweight on Zalatoris, uh, but I will bet him. I will bet him as well. Um, keep going down the 7K range. Everyone's going to be on Abraham Answer. I shouldn't have to go into depth about why, you know, we're talking about approach game, course history, all that stuff. Answer fits this course 12th place. The last time they scored this as an entire tournament. Um, and of course he finished uh, 18th here at the WGC Mexico. So answer is going to be in play again, another better betting option. Look, the, the rest of this seven K range, I really like, like I like Garcia Sergio, and I know it's weird for me to say it, but I love Corey Connors. I love going back to Tringale, Kisner, Cameron Davis, you know, Chris Kirk, guys that we keep going to over and over and over again, who who we love for their stat production. We love for the fact that they have upside. And when you look at the rest of this 7K range, like I'm going to stick with these guys and I get it. They're not always paying off. Sometimes they're mi- like missing cuts. Like Kirk really kind of burned me on Sunday. 
Cam Davis like ruined my hundred dollar single entry uh, last weekend. Tringale, when's that other you know when when's the bucket gonna drop out or is he actually turned the corner and is just like what his recent form, what his 2021 has been is the, actually the new Cameron Tringali that we're going to see week in and week out where he's at 7,200. If that's the case, he's way underpriced. So, and, and, and people honestly in, in this seven K range, they're going to go to guys like Siwoo Kim. They're going to go to Matt Kuchar. They're going to go to Ian Poulter, Taylor Gooch, man. Taylor Gooch looked good last week. Why wouldn't they go to something like that instead of playing someone like Corey Connor or, uh, Cameron Davis who missed the cut so it's interesting to see to say the least um I'm not gonna play Phil Mickelson and neither should you he hates this course um if you want to get nostalgic and just say hey I had Phil in the lineup good luck more power to you I will say this if Phil Mickelson wins this tournament I will my jaw will drop hands down fall off it'll be insane um so that really kind of runs out the 7K range. Like I like Kisner here. He he gets to be one of the shorter hitters for this course, but we've seen top 10 upside, top 20 upside. And of course, we've seen the volatility of missed cuts with Kisner as well. Um, you know, we, you could always go back to the old man like Matt Kuchar. We've seen his upside. But the thing is, everyone else kind of doesn't have that success. I think a lot of people are going to go Ian Poulter, and I don't object to that here. It's just... At what point does Poulter not fulfill his upside? 7,100 is really cheap, so it's hard fade. If you're going to do it, it's hard to say, like, just completely fade him. But I I, I like Poulter here, but I don't know if he's going to end up in my lineups. So, uh, Benny on. We we all know Benny on. I just don't think this is the course for him. And that that's it. That's the 7K range. So, question is, who am I fading? Who am I not going to play? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, 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 hell no. Can't do it. This is the Cut Lines signature segment. Can't do it. Won't do it where I will look at double-digit-owned golfers, and I will not play them this weekend. All right, we are going to get risky in the can't-do-it section. We're going to get crazy in the can't-do-it section. We are going to get nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. All right, first of all, my number one fade, my number one can't-do-it, $9,100 Tony Finau. Here's the thing. If Tony Finau is going to be chalk because of his scoring options, because of everything he can do, fine. If he's in the out of the lineup, fine. But I want Tony Finau to win. So I will bet Tony Finau to win, but I will not play him in DFS because I know what he does on Sunday. He screws you over. He screws your lineup over, especially when you're sitting in the top five, looking at five, 10, 50, a hundred K. And all of a sudden you end up winning $73 because Tony Finau just becomes Tony Fleetwood or 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 Tommy Finau, whoever you want to call it, both those two clowns can't put it together on Sunday. Can't do it, Tony Finau. Right now, twenty something percent ownership, twenty four percent ownership. I see the upside. Don't get me wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. You, you, my projections have him eighth overall. You look at like the course history here: twenty second and fifty seventh, following two missed cuts. But if you're getting that kind of ownership for for that kind of volatility in course history. 
No, thank you. No, thank you. The next double-digit ownership I'm going to fade is right above Finau, and that's Patrick Cantlay. He's getting a lot of love, and I get it. I do, but he's $9,200, okay? Um, My overall stat model fits in the top 20, but the aggregate model barely outside the top 10. Approach model, second in the field in the last 12 rounds. You look at recent form, he won the AT&T Pro-Am, 15th at the Genesis. Course history here says, you know, 22nd, 23rd, 100th. Like, this right now, for me, is just a way to diversify my lineups. Um, can't lay, it's just a can't do it. And again, with these can't do it, I'll bet them high. I think ownership dispersion is going to be fairly even, just because there's so many good golfers here. So, um, last... Can't do it. And I don't want to commit to this fully. I'm going to say this. Come Wednesday, this opinion could change. But it's right now Bryson DeChambeau and people going all over him because he just won. And he could easily win here. He can. Um, It's just I don't think he fits this course. And if he's going to be double-digit ownership as shown, it's probably going to be a fade for me for DeChambeau. It probably will be so, but that that'll lock up the can't do it. Let's go, let's go rock that six k range. Who's your MGs, monsters, and guarantees? Martin <laughs> Pillar, he is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> A monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. So this is the MG. The monsters and guarantee the dance floor where you guys get the 6K players that I believe have top 25 finishing upside. And... A little bit of advice. Do not go below that $6,500 threshold. The best golfers succeed here. I'm not saying that they can't succeed in round one, first round winners. I'm not saying they can't succeed in round two, second round winners. But I think come Sunday, it just ain't going to be worth it. But if you are sneaking under that 65, these aren't MGs. But I'm going to say uh, Wierenski and Sabatini are my only two that I'm interested in playing. Now, the... Monsters and guarantees that I'm interested in. Keegan Bradley, Charlie Hoffman. I know people hate that call. Streelman, Grillo, and Naismith. I am going back to Matthew Naismith because he burned so many people last weekend that his ownership will be ridiculously small. His pricing is down because of how much he burned everyone. But the fact is, his approach game is impeccable. I understand that he's never played here before. I get that. But still, you're talking about a guy who in this field ranks... 12th in the last 12 rounds in my approach model 11th off the tee 38th in scoring obviously we worry about the short stick we worry about the overall stacking but i'm okay with it i'm going to take shots on matthew naismith who was chalk last week won't be chalk this week next guy i'm going to mention is keegan bradley the thing i love about keegan bradley this guy is sitting in second in my overall stat model that's insane keegan good to eat you up man if Keegan Bradley gets to double-digit ownership, which I will just be simply amazed at, obviously it's going to be a fade. But come on, man. 
Keegan Bradley right now is at 2% ownership. All right, next three guys, Hoffman, Streelman, and Grillo. Of those three guys, of those three guys in terms of who I think is playing the best right now, it's most definitely like a toss-up between Grillo and Hoffman, right? Grillo's got the 21st and the 11th, but then Hoffman has the 10th, 52nd, and the 7th, right? So that's what we're looking at here. Streelman's been a little bit iffy at best. He's actually been pretty terrible here at the players. So, like, this is a full-fledged, like, gut play, figures it out for some reason, whatever. But I'm not super confident on it, but still. Um, Course history-wise, Streelman's terrible. So careful if you are going to go that route. And, and that's what we're looking at here for this 6K range. Overall, though, like you do have a ton of golfers down here that, that do, you know, pique some interest. Uh, Weisberger, 31st with his average finishes, haven't played here since 2017. Um, you're looking at like someone like Russell Knox, two missed cuts, but an average finishing position of 24th when he makes the cut. So, like, there's a lot of options here. Going to Stenson, right? We, we, we haven't seen a regular, normal Henrik Stenson in a very long time. Do we think that TPC Sawgrass is going to cure all his ills? I'm not quite sure about that, but obviously if you're going mass multi-entry, Stenson's in play, right? You just look at the course history and you say, okay, I'll take a shot. Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas finished third two years ago. He has only one missed cut in the last five years. Finished in second at the Puerto Rico. So we're looking at a Johnny Vegas that's playing really good golf. <clears throat> if you want to go that route, I, by the way, I bet Vegas, um, just so I wouldn't play him in DFS. Cause God, I would just kill myself if I did that. And then, um, I don't think we've ever seen Joel Dahman this low in a long time, like 6,300. And of course it's in part to his form, which is terrible. Uh, but you know what? So what, man? All right. So, so that is the players championship. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's a wrap. It's over. The cut line is over. That is the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. That is the preview. Join us next week as we break down the Honda Classic at PGA National. Want to give a special shout out and a thank you to Fanshare Sports. Thank you, Fantasy National. Thank you, PGA Tour. But most of the love, most of the appreciation goes to you, the listener. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for spending your special, t- uh, precious time with us. Sunday's yours. Go get them. Let's get some wind. <laughs> <laughs>